When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the review for AP Gov. It is that time of year where uh, the test is coming up. We've got three weeks or so until our test. So this is the first in the series of reviews that we're going to do. Uh, I'm going <clears> to <throat> be recording about 10 minute little blurbs on each of the topics. Uh, today we're going to do topic 1.1 and 1.2, uh, the ideals and types of democracy. Just real quick, um, go over the things that are in the College Board standards, topics, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you have questions, you can always reach out and ask and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, email, through remind accounts, uh, Twitter, K Daniels, APGov, uh, reach out to me there. I'll be happy to, to respond and answer. Uh, but let's get rolling. All right, so for this topic 1.1 and 1.2, this is, comes from the Foundation's of American democracy stuff, you've got two things. You got to know the ideals of democracy and then the types of democracy. Okay. <clears throat> the ideals, uh, the specific learning objective says explain how democratic ideals are reflected in the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. So for the ideals, that's where we're at. Where did these things come from? And they're in those documents, the Declaration and the U.S. Constitution. Uh, those are required documents. You got to be able to reference those potentially for some of your essays, you know, your argumentative essay specifically, uh, and things like that. I, I'm not going to dive deep into the Declaration or the U.S. Constitution. They're just huge documents, but the ideals we'll, we'll go over. Hopefully you can see uh, are in there. And um, if you need to pull that for one of your FRQs, you'll be able to do it with this. So the specific ideals you need to really be aware of are limited government, natural rights, popular sovereignty, republicanism, and social contract. So let's break those down real quick, and then we'll get into the types. So the um, the first one is limited government. And just remember, you know, this comes from our, our fear back when we broke away from England, we didn't want to have a big, strong government. We were fearful of, we just left the British and this kind of overbearing um, government, maybe overbearing is the wrong way because they did leave us alone for a little bit. But that, we didn't want that government that's so in your face and we wanted to, to have more, more, more say so from an individual standpoint. And so limited government is something that's big, for us in that we don't want the government to be super involved. Uh, the natural rights, remember those are things that uh, Jefferson took from John Locke already. Remember the natural rights that John Locke wrote about were, were uh, life, liberty, and property. Jefferson will switch it to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it's something that's huge, and it's even for this to this day, the natural rights are something that is very, very important to us as Americans. Um, and you know, we, we thoroughly and firmly believe you cannot have your natural rights taken away from you uh, without the due process of law. Those are those amendments, the, the Fourth Amendment, the unlawful search and seizure. If they're going to come and get you and they're going to try and take away your life, whether it be throwing you in jail, 
putting you to death, whatever it might be. They better go through the process of you know, no unlawful search and seizures, the Fifth Amendment with all the rights you have for your, your as an accused, Sixth Amendment with your trial, Eighth Amendment, your rights don't end just because you got charged. Uh, no cruel, unusual punishment, things like that. <clears throat> uh, so natural rights is a huge deal for us. Popular sovereignty, decisions are, decisions are supposed to come to us. The power of the government is supposed to flow through us, okay? Republicanism, uh, that is the, the republic, you know, Think about the Pledge of Allegiance. When you pledge allegiance next time, you don't pledge allegiance to the democracy. You pledge allegiance to a republic, okay? Uh, and that is just the fact that we elect representatives to represent us and um, make decisions for us. And then the social contract is the fact that we have the ability to rule ourselves. You know, we can go out and we could make our own decisions and things like that, but we gave up that right. We have turned it over to these elected officials who are going to make decisions make laws for us, okay? We give up that right to govern ourselves. They, in turn, agree to make decisions that are good for us, that are going to help us, that are going to benefit us and protect us and our natural rights and all those sorts of things, okay? And those fit into the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. Those are things that are overarching in both those documents, um, you know, as they uh, were written back then. And even today, you can go back and find those things. All right. Uh, topic 1.2 is the types of democracy. And you've got three types of representative democracy. You got to know participatory democracy, pluralist democracy, and then elite democracy. So the participatory democracy, uh, this emphasizes broad participation in politics and civil society. So that's directly from the college board um booklet, topic, whatever you want to call it, that they give uh, people. So participatory democracy is basically me and you are going to be more involved, okay, uh, as citizens. Uh, we would take a much larger role, uh, whether maybe it's we vote as a nation on every issue or there's more people taking part in you know, being a representative and things like that. But the participatory democracy would have me and you much more involved um, in the government. For us, I think it's just, it's too much. There's, you know, think, think back to your U.S. history days, August of 2020. I know it's a long time ago, but you probably went over some of the, the things that were happening uh, in America at the time with like the, the New England town hall meetings and things like that. That was participatory democracy where everybody from the town, everybody from the village came together and they were able to make decisions. Okay, we can't do that in America, right? There's 300 and... 350 million people. I haven't seen the numbers for the census. There's a lot of people and there's just no way for all 350 million of us to sit down and make a decision, obviously. So it's almost impossible. Uh, pluralist democracy. This recognizes group-based activism by non-governmental interests striving for impact on political decision-making. Uh, this is the faction thing, okay? If you remember back to Fed 10, it talks about factions and all those sorts of things. Pluralist democracy is that, okay? Pluralist democracy is where we have our groups and we're all a part of a group. Whether you want to be a part of a group or not, you're probably a part of something. Uh, and those groups are competing for the government's interests, okay? Now, the good thing is they all are kept in check uh, by each other, okay? Because typically, if there's this group over here, then there's going to be a counter group over there. Whether it's wh whatever it might be, um, you have the groups kind of counterbalancing each other. So uh, pluralist democracy kind of works. So we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes when we get to uh, our, our Fed 10 paper. Uh, and then finally for the, the democracies is the elite democracy. 
And this is where uh, very limited for me and you, or at least for me, because I'm definitely not part of the elite class. Um, maybe you are. <clears throat> but basically, there's a small group of wealthy elite citizens that are running things and making decisions. Okay. Um, so that's the, the types of uh, representative democracies that we're looking at. Now, the documents from 1.2 are Fed 10 and Brutus. And we're going to talk a little bit more about those in 1.3 because we get into uh, the government power and individual rights. But just so you're, you know, you know what's going on, Fed 10 is the <clears throat> writing to say how a republic is the best government because it's going to stop the factions. Okay, a republic, a large republic is going to be able to control all the different factions because Fed 10 talks about the fact, hey, you know what, we're a big country. Even back then, they could recognize, you know, there's a lot of people here and there's a lot of competing interests. They're all going to want different things. A large republic with a large government, with a large powerful government, will be able to control them and keep them in check. Now, Brutus 1, remember, that is the opposite viewpoint. All right, that they take the, they're the, the anti-federalist group and their writings to, to kind of respond to the federalist papers. Um, they're against it, okay? Uh, when I say against it, uh, they're writing about how um, you know, the groups are going to take over, okay? Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that's, that's it for 1.1 and 1.2. Um, once again, if you have questions, please reach out to me. Email is always great. Uh, remind texts, uh, like I said, if you prefer social media, I'm on there, K Daniels, APGov, that's Twitter. So I'll respond to any of those things. Uh, guys, hope all is well. Let me know if I can help you. And y'all take care. Bye bye.